The Frederick Playlist Podcast is brought to you in part by Mystery Ton Studios. Looking for a place to record your music? Welcome to Mystery Ton Studios. They are a full-service recording, mixing, and mastering studio located 15 minutes outside of Frederick, Maryland. Owner-engineer Kenny Eaton has years of experience working with musicians around the world and a passion for one thing, helping artists realize their vision. Go to mysterytonstudios.com to learn more and schedule a free tour today. That's M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y-T-O-N studios.com. Your music matters. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome into this episode of the Frederick Playlist Podcast. I'm here with somebody who I've never really had a chance to talk to like this, one-on-one, at for any uh, length of time. Willie, Willie Berry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have so many questions for you. I'm willing to answer them. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in a lot of this because you, your whole aesthetic is you, you play music that is really nobody else really plays around here, right? Not that I know of. Um, maybe in D.C. Uh, mm-hmm. and and some traveling acts that come to the area, but no, nothing as far as I'm. It's, it's, it's extensive that I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, and I have I have a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about that, but first, I, I always like to start like about how you got into playing music to begin with, and and what inspired you to pick up an instrument and and play. Well, before what I before the fifties rockabilly stuff I was doing, I was actually a Bob Dylan guy. Oh, okay. Uh, so okay. I, I started a little earlier. Um, I think I was about maybe fifteen or so when I was getting into that stuff. Huh. Um, heavy, heavy Bob Dylan fan. I'd say I had okay. you know a lot of his music. Um, I learned to play guitar, I believe, when I was first getting into Bob Dylan, so he probably was a big influence when I first started to play guitar, and that went on for maybe two or three years or so, um, wow. where I played nothing, but I mean, that, I, I mean every, every song was a Bob Dylan song <laughs> that I learned on guitar, um, and then after that, I mean, after doing that for so many years that you just... You've had enough. Yeah, right? you, yeah. you burn out, so to speak, <laughs> playing Bob Dylan music anyway. Yeah. Um, so I was looking for another outlet, you know, besides that that kind of music. Um, and, of course, Bob Dylan being tied in with, like, Johnny Cash mm-hmm. um, in the in the mid-'60s, that led me to find out more about, you know, I, I had known some about Johnny Cash, and, of course, you know, like everybody, I had heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Through Bob Dylan, I, I found, you know, I, I explored more of his music, and uh, that led to, of course, Sun Records, yeah, where Elvis yeah. recorded, and, and uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Carl Perkins, um, and then that just kind of took off into the, what I'm doing now. So, okay. And do you write you write your own songs as well? From every now and then when, okay. I, when I get a good uh, <laughs> brainstorm, but it, it's, when I first started to write songs, I, I, I mean, I couldn't. I, you could. Nothing just came to mind, and everything <laughs> I had was just, you know, I hate this. Mm-hmm. And uh, but in recent, you know, ye- last year or so, I've maybe had a little luck. I've written about five five songs or so that we do with the band. Oh wow, um, that's good. Are you? Do you ever want to record? Yeah, I mean, we, we we've been on and off trying to do recordings uh, uh-huh. for a couple of years. Um, my second band. Uh, we probably have been trying to get a record out for a good long while now, um, but it's just the matter of finding the right studio and the right feel, and mm-hmm. um, we just haven't been able to yet. But we're hoping to uh, get something going within the upcoming months. Um, so 2018, we'll, we'll definitely see a record. I hope. Um, <laughs> there's a couple options, different options now that we've um, 
been exposed to some of these, uh, you know, groups of people that are familiar with this music, and they mm-hmm. like. There's a guy out in California who a lot of us listen to. He has he records a lot of the um, new age bands that perform this kind of music, and mm-hmm. um, and you know his the work he does in his garage basically is fanta- fantastic, and yeah. uh, and it'd be a dream to record there, but. Since it's out in California, I don't know how how uh, reasonable that is. And then we've got an opportunity out in um, Massachusetts with um, another a, a label called Swelltune Records, which is a fairly new label. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we we're kind of in the midst of trying to see if we can record there, or either you know send them the recording to press it and put it out. But um, that's still in negotiation. We're still talking about that type of thing but as far as studios around here we're just we've laid down a couple tracks but nothing too extensive that's what i was gonna say there are no studios around here that you would be interested in i mean well we're working with a studio in um, indian head maryland um which is run by uh husband and wife uh who actually have a dc rockabilly group called the flea bops okay um they've been around gosh i don't know how long um, but they're you know they're one of the oldest rockabilly bands in in the DC area, hmm. um, and the drummer has a studio at, at, runs out of his basement called Vinylux Records, um, and uh, we've we've recorded there. We put it. Um, we've only done you know a couple tracks there. We haven't had being that it's about an hour away mm-hmm. can sometimes be hard to schedule that type of thing yeah it's also expensive recording is expensive yeah well and luckily we you know if you know some people it can help with that but yeah. it's certainly yeah it is expensive i i first came across you when i w- i did this open mic series a few years ago for the paper and i saw you perform at beans in the belfry i think mm-hmm. um so that was pretty much all I knew about you. And then we did something at the old Frederick News Post building downtown, and you played that. Uh, Todd Walker also played that day. Right. Um, you, I, I, I'm so interested. Like, or do you live in Brunswick? Do you live? No, in I Frederick? live in Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, okay. I'm, not, I'm not that far from Brunswick, but I and I went to high school in Brunswick, but okay, in Jefferson. And and how old are you? Uh, 23 now. 20, okay, yeah. you look so young. Yeah. <laughs> And that's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> certainly. So, so twenty three now. I, I'm assuming you have a, a day job. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yep, I just came from there. You just. Oh, uh-huh. and what is that? If I, I work ask. at uh, Mattress Warehouse. I okay. used to work um, as stock mm-hmm. in their uh, Leesburg, Virginia location, but okay. I recently moved up to the customer service office. So, I've oh. been doing that full time, which is nice. Uh, nice to have a ten minute drive. Did you want it? Did Did you? want to not for instance maybe go to school or maybe stick in the area because you wanted to pursue music well or? i had gone to school f- um and t- you know took music classes for uh-huh. a, a short time but theory music theory is not something that i mean i i you know i've learned it at one time and i can certainly you know relearn it again but it's mm-hmm. just i don't know there's two types you know I, I feel like there's two types of you know musicians there's the ones that want to read music only and, and play off that mm-hmm. and then there's ones that you know just want to improvise and i mean certainly you can do both but that's what i see a lot is you know if a lot of people will either, like especially like jazz musicians they'll yeah. read a lot of sheet music and 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 they'll you know study the art of actually reading the music mm-hmm. where um I don't know, like me, I'm just, you know, freelance, play it by ear yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. How often do you play? How often do you gig out? Um, well, in the summertime, it gets pretty busy. Um, probably, I'd say, two or three times 
in the summertime is uh, is light. Uh-huh. Um, Two or three times yeah, uh, a month. A month, okay. Yeah. Um, during the summertime, it gets real busy. Wintertime's a little bit, you know, more laid back. Mm-hmm. You, you can't play outside as much, or I don't want to. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and you know, wintertime it gives us more opportunity to do recording and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But certainly, when the summertime comes, it, it definitely picks up. You had one of my favorite uh, names, band names, since I've moved to Maryland uh, that I've read, Willie and his chaperones. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was interested in knowing how you came about that. Now, when I saw you and when I've seen you perform the few times since I initially saw you, you do, you play with these older gentlemen. Mm -hmm. And how did that Back when I was underage. (laughs) Probably probably 17 or so, I was... So I've been, yeah, I've been, well, that band in particular I've been playing with since I was probably 17 or, or wow. 16 or 17. Right? How did you meet them? Well, actually, it, it funny you mentioned Beans. It pretty much, pretty much all started there. Uh-huh. Um, I went to my first open mic at, at Beans in the Belfry, mm-hmm. like first ever, you know, open mic kind of thing. And Tommy was, of course, the, uh, yes. the uh, MC. Yeah. And so that's how I met Tommy. Tommy 1M. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and basically, and I remember cause that night we were, uh, there wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't that busy. Mm-hmm. So we, we pretty much just traded spot, you know, I, I would get up and do two songs and he would get two songs and then no one else would be there. So we'd be just keep back going. and forth all yeah. night, um, which was fun. And then, you know, Barry, the bass player, um, was actually still at beans. We, uh, we're doing a, a show for Haiti back in 2013. Was that? Okay. Um, 2013 or 14. Mm-hmm. And that's where I first met him. Uh, he was with his other band, which I'm trying to remember their name. It escapes me. But he was there with his band, and I was doing solo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he approached me about getting together to do some collaborative work. So, And it pretty much took off from there. We, um, you know, there's a circle of musicians in, in the area that, you know, are all, they, they know each other. And, mm-hmm. and um, I got in with that group, and that, you know, led with the, trying out different players and uh we had you know a, one guitarist for a number of years who who we played with and then we you know we were a three-piece for a while and then we we got recently a year or so well probably been a little longer than that we added phil on guitar mm-hmm. um but i mean they're all seasoned guys so it's yeah so they're i mean were they in any other projects when you first started uh tommy had his own thing going he mm-hmm. i mean yeah we all they all had their own projects tommy was um more involved with like the celtic music scene oh, okay um he okay. was doing a lot of that when i met him um barry was in a bluegrass band which is the band i can't remember the name of mm-hmm. um and uh phil was in another group uh it was a duo um i forget what they're called i, I always forget the, the names but <laughs> but yeah so they were all involved in other stuff and and they still are and uh you know barry plays with other musicians whenever he mm-hmm. you know whenever he can and Tommy certainly does the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we have, you know we have all our own projects well, besides now, that. I, I've seen that you you go out to Las Vegas. And yeah, there's this other. Is it the Rockasonics? Yeah, the Rockasonics are the ones that have that have been out to Vegas uh, twice now. Okay, so can you tell us about the Rockasonics and how that differs from the other band? Right. So okay, so the Rockasonics are I would say. Closer to the rockabilly lifestyle than the chaperones. They they like to plan. You know they like to plan what they're going to wear. You oh know, yeah. They, we decide are we going to wear jeans? Are we going to wear slacks? Mm-hmm. We, you know what are we going to do? And we try and coordinate with each mm-hmm. other. Um, 
and and it's also you know it's a it's a full set of drums in the Rocketonics compared to yeah. the chaperones where it's you know a, a, a percussion you know setup where yeah. it's not as uh, not as loud and it's uh, but it's it's different dynamics you know mm-hmm. I enjoy both bands. Um, Rockasonics use an upright bass player, where the Chaperones use uh, an electric. So yeah, there's some differences in the sound. Yeah, the of, as- of the bands. The aesthetic is different. You know, you guys yeah. are really. It's like you you go see a band in the 1950s when mm-hmm. you see you. You know. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and that's part of what why I say the Rockasonics are. are they like to stick closer to that lifestyle because mm-hmm. they dress, you know, the, the our guitar player is like a, a fashion, he's the fashion guy in the group. So we all <laughs> ask him, you know, is this, is this, you know, is it a reproduction? Is it a new, you know, is it, is it a vintage, real vintage? And mm-hmm. what makes this, and that's where I learned how to, you know, tell how a 50s shirt is like by the collar and, oh, and the, I didn't uh, know yeah, he, he knows a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned that from him. Huh. And, uh, and 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 of course, and again, they're all seasoned guys. So, are they older than you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're 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 up at the same age as the chaperones. And do you front that band? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. So, well, how did you guys meet? Uh, well, so let's see how. Okay, so Ruthie and the Wranglers, if you're familiar with them, I've heard, I've seen the name. Right. So I've... we did a, a show with them in Brunswick a couple years back, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and we shared the show, mm-hmm. and apparently Ruthie had because they stuck around after because they played first, mm-hmm. and they stuck around to see the chaperones. And she had apparently mentioned it to the DC crowd, which is which you know the bass player and the drummer and the Rock of Sonics are involved in. Okay. Um, and so you know Ruthie said, you know, you should get this guy to do your because they do a Buddy Holly show every year, ah. um, a Buddy Holly tribute show. That's cool. And they, they mentioned that, you know, you should get them out to do the Buddy Holly show mm-hmm. because they're always looking for new acts to do each year. Uh-huh. Um, so I think, I want to say 2014 or 15, they had they had originally reached out to us once, but I wasn't available that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they reached out to me the next year um and you know said you know if you want to come out and do a couple songs we'll back you mm-hmm. um provide you know like authentic backup and uh and and so it originally was just to get together to play i don't know seven songs or so for mm-hmm. the show but i mean we, we had such a fun time just rehearsing and and mm-hmm. getting together that it decided to make it into a band so so how did you end up getting to vegas and how do you end up with all of those sort of Big time gigs. I mean, going out to Las Vegas, right. being well, thrown into that, playing this type of music is a pretty big deal. Right. Well, we've been fortunate, actually, because you know they're they're veterans, so they they mm-hmm. they're familiar with the crowds um, and the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the bass player had known the guy who books the Vegas festival called Viva Las Vegas. Okay. Uh, Tom Ingram is the guy that books the festival and started it back in I've, this. Last year was their this year was their twentieth year, mm-hmm. um, so and he's he's been to the first thirteen of them so wow he's he's familiar with that that you know the Vegas scene with mm-hmm. with that uh, show um, so he knew Tom and uh, had reached out to him a couple years back and mm-hmm. so, you know we got this new band love to come out and and you know play if you'll have us and we didn't get in the first year. Um, I don't know if we got in we didn't I don't think we got in the second year but the third and fourth we've been able to go. And so what's it like when you oh, go out there? Are the crowds great? I mean, it's for the first time seeing this, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's a big hotel. Uh-huh. First cuz the first time I ever ever been to Vegas was the first time we played that show. Mm-hmm. Um so 
just going there and it's really crowded i Uh mean you know you're walking like shoulder to shoulder with everybody it's yeah because there and there's two stages so everybody's rushing to see you know all the bands they want to see and it's it's pretty impressive i mean the Mm -hmm. first time because there's a small a smaller room where we played and then there's a big main room where where you know the headlining acts play and i remember the first time i walked in there it was you know all dark Uh and the band was in full white suits so they were it was the room was glowing and it was amazing you know just to Mm -hmm. walk in for your first time and see this and and it was a doo-wop group so it sounded fantastic yeah and um i bet and and I actually took a video. I'm panning around the room. It goes back, I don't know, probably the length of this building. And it, and it, the crowd is just packed. I mean, it's wow. it's ridiculous. So you said that you played the smaller room, the bigger room had the sort of headliners. Who were the headliners that? Um uh, well, there are a lot of a lot of the bigger acts in the rockabilly um uh, community today, like uh, Big Sandy and his Flyright Boys is a, a group that Okay. um is is pretty well, you know, adversed in, in this type of music mm-hmm. um they've had uh, they they have a lot of acts from the original 50s people oh wow um jack okay. scott couple couple of rockabilly people they try and get as many as they can um that's Brent, fun. and and then they also have on saturdays they have a car show uh <laughs> where you can actually if you don't want to go to the whole you know four day uh show you can buy just tickets to the saturday car mm. show okay and a lot of headlining acts have played that Brian Setzer played that. Oh, wow. Uh, Brenda Lee was there this year. That's cool. Um, and Jerry Lee Lewis will be there next year. Wow. And I'm, I'm going to go just as a fan next year. We're not playing, but I'm going to go just because I want to see Jerry Lee Lewis before. Why aren't you playing? Uh, well, we we, um, we had actually put in for to play next year, mm-hmm. and we were offered a slot, but um, – we we just figured it might we might have a better chance of getting a, another slot if we waited a year. I don't know if oh, like a bigger slot, right? Because okay. a lot of the band, a, a good slot, I would say, is probably nine or nine to one in the morning. Yeah, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. so and we were playing at five in the afternoon, which is you know it's a good slot, but mm-hmm. to you know, um, maybe get a better slot, that was maybe the mentality that we would kind of. And 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 also we wanted to focus on getting a record out before because we had played each year without a record. So yeah, um, yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask. Without any merch or things to sell while you're out there, like a record. I don't know if you guys have shirts or anything. We do have t-shirts. Yeah. Okay. Um, we just got those in time for this year when we went. Uh-huh. So we we were able to sell t-shirts um, that year. But the year before we didn't have much merch besides of you know the like stickers and yeah. Uh, buttons so you, and stuff like so that. So you guys do write your own music in that band? Yeah, um, from that, those are the five that I've I've written. They're um, for them, okay? Yeah, I mean they they worked those up. Um, there is one that I I used to do with the Chaperones. It was an old song that I had written a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, that we've kind of tried to revamp, but I, I wouldn't say we play that one as much um, as some of the other ones. Okay, so th- this is I. Don't really see the Rockasonics name around here, right? Uh, yeah, they're they're more in DC, um, th- that that and that type of scene because the rockabilly scene up there. I mean, you've got there's basically I'd say four or five groups that are really known throughout the DC rockabilly community mm-hmm. in, in that area. Yeah, um, you know, one being us and the Flea Bops and and a couple other um, bands. But uh, but yeah, they they don't come to Frederick that often. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, I mean they played at Barley and Hops okay. a couple times. Um, Would you ever? I mean, 
have there been moments where you said, "Hey, I could book us here, or I could get us here," and and it just didn't work? Yeah, out. I mean, I haven't. I, I've tried to get in contact with some with some venues mm-hmm. around the area, but haven't haven't gotten much leeway. Like I've reached out to Cafe Nola before, yeah, um, a couple other places, but nothing nothing really came of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they tend to stick around DC, but they've also traveled too. I mean, yeah. that band has traveled more. Um, we, you know, we've we've done shows in Pennsylvania and mm-hmm. Virginia. And, and uh, now, is it is it hard for you? How often do you guys rehearse? Because uh, I'm just wondering how is it hard for you having these multiple projects to sort of have a personal life? Honestly? Well, we used to rehearse um, as often as we could, and actually, it's it's when you say much of a personal personal life, it actually works out because our drummer is. Um, he runs his own business, so mm-hmm. he doesn't have much time in the way of rehearsing. He can, and when we first started this band, I mean, we were only doing Sunday rehearsals because that's the oh, only day he okay. had off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would Sunday is pretty much the day for us if we're going to rehearse. I see. Um, the chaperones okay. don't practice as often, although if we do have shows coming up, we will mm-hmm. get together. Um, but on a weeknight, so it's it's nothing like uh, too. Do you ever just go out by yourself? In general, yeah, like just yeah, to play, like mean, doing solo shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do a couple uh, solo shows every now and then. Um, not as many, mm-hmm. just because it's I, I feel it's more fun to do with a band. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we, I do a couple solo shows, a couple private party stuff. You know, nothing too That's extensive, good. but. It's always um, good to make uh, to make that extra money on the side if you can do it. Yeah, it's, no, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's another thing too. I've always thought this about bands. You brought up Brian Setzer, and I thought about this with Brian Setzer. He has a sixteen-piece band. Sometimes mm-hmm. he goes out with a, a true big band. How do people make any money? Well, you gotta find the right venue, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, certainly a festival like Viva Las Vegas is big enough. Yeah. To where I mean, and I don't even I don't even think he had the six piece, sixteen piece band when he played there, um, but uh, as far as you know, a, back getting enough money to pay a sixteen piece band. Yeah, but like you guys going out, I'm assuming you guys got paid, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, was it enough when for we like, travel? Yeah, for airfare and and stuff like that. Well, when we went to Vegas, we don't make a lot of money. Okay. Um, but but for the experience and the exposure, it's it can be worth it. Um, we played twice this year, so it was so when we, you know, because they, they, what they do is an opening event mm-hmm. uh, before the actual festival starts, where they'll have five, four or five bands play as an opener, and, and we got to do that this year. So well, that's cool. we were able to, you know, from that people would see us, and we'd tell them, you know, we're playing Friday night, come yeah. see us, and 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 we got a bigger crowd that way. That's cool. So that worked out. Now, one of the biggest questions that I have for you, uh, especially knowing the type of music that you love and you play with pretty much with the, all your projects. I mean, even the chaperones, you guys do a lot of rockabilly, mm-hmm. even though it's toned down. Yeah, they're they're and they have um, some more country stuff too. That's true. Um, yeah, country and and they'll even throw in like a Bob Dylan song still, yeah. um, <laughs> which you're now, sick of now and then. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, when I started to venture into that other music i i was sick of it but mm-hmm. every now and then i'll find myself you know going back in and listening to some you know an obscure bob dylan song mm-hmm. every once in a while but nothing too like extensive like i used to be so with with all that you do now and the music that you do now what are the is there anything let's say within the last 10 to 20 years anything contemporary that you listen to that's the burning question that i have well it depends on what you mean by contemporary. Certainly, certainly, there are artists who have recorded recently that I listen to. Like who? That play that style of music. 
Uh-huh. Um, I'll tell you, there's a really good band in Switzerland. They do. Um, it's called the Countryside of Harmonica Sam. Okay. And this guy is phenomenal with the and the whole band is is you know top notch. Mm-hmm. The way they emulate the sounds of like a '60s country uh-huh. shuffle, like a Ray Price type of song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uncanny. I mean, uh-huh. it's making us Americans look bad. I mean, these <laughs> these guys they do it so good, and it's. It's hard to believe that they weren't making mute records back in the fifties. Do mean, they ever get over to the states to play or anything? Um, they play. There's a, a festival, or it's not a festival, but it's um, there's a, a I don't know what you call them, but it, they call themselves Ameripolitan Music, which is oh. um, I've never heard that term. What is that? Term it was mean? Uh, created by Dale Watson, who okay. who um, back in the eighties had tried. You know, was he plays country music, mm-hmm. but he doesn't like to call himself country because of. From what we know, country music is not the same today. It is not, um, yes. So he kind of went off and, and ventured off into creating this category called Ameripolitan music, which is kind of a home for the older style country. And, mm-hmm. and I, he classifies it in, I think, four or five categories, which is like rockabilly, country outlaw, um, swing, and, and maybe another one or two. Hmm. Um, but they do that uh, in Austin. And I think they're moving this year to Memphis, but it, it used to be based out of Austin. Um, and that group, Harmonica Sam, has come through oh, the United States to okay. play that. Um, one of their big, actually, Ray Price actually endorsed uh, Ameripolitan when he was still alive. So, oh, that's... and they had him, in, uh, you know, play at the show. They do a, fe- um, you know, they'll have nom- they'll nominate people every year for mm-hmm. you know best like female singer, mm-hmm. best female country artist. And uh, and then they'll vote and have like a, a award ceremony every year, hmm. um, but it, that's a fairly new idea and, and thing they've been doing. Um, so so you listen to them. Is there any pop music that you like? Do you even listen to the radio? I I don't. No, I, I don't really unless I'm in a friend's car. Or, well, that's what uh, I was. On, I was gonna ask you that too. Like people your age, friends that you have, are, are they all into the same type of music? Yeah, I mean. I, I can recognize songs on the radio, but that's uh-huh. only because I've heard them in like a, a friend's yeah. car or um, me and my, my friend used to work when when we were doing uh, odd jobs for uh, Magic Warehouse, like deliveries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to, you know, we wouldn't have anything but the radio. So I, mm-hmm. I'm familiar with some of the stuff out there, but if yeah. I'm on my own and I have my iPod, I don't really <laughs> listen to any of it. Um, I, I like to ask this question to everybody who comes on. And I'm really interested in your answer because, um, like I said, this is the first time we've really talked. And you come from a different part of the music scene than other people pretty much that I've had on before, pretty much anybody else. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in your perception and your opinion on sort of the Frederick area music scene, the local scene, if you think it's in a good place, if you think that it needs work, you know, how could it be better? All those types of things. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's a good melting pot of a lot of different uh, genres. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I there's a bluegrass jam at the Blue Slide Tavern every Monday that I've gone. Yeah, to. so you've gone to that. I've gone to a couple I've of heard those. About yeah, that. yeah. And and you meet you know a lot of players. There players I never knew. You know, were played in the area. There's mm-hmm. you know, and and young people too, um, that are interested in, in bluegrass and. and Sort of the same stuff too, Americana. So you um, you're also into bluegrass and Americana. I like bluegrass. Yeah. yeah, I listen to it uh, every now and then. I'm not like a heavy bluegrass, you know, person. I don't listen to it 24 seven or know mm-hmm. you know a lot of the standards. But yeah. I do enjoy it. I mean, I listen to like the the uh, the real what's the word? Um, 
you know, like every bluegrass musician's heard of him, like Bill Monroe or oh yeah, or uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. artists like that who yeah. are really big in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Americana sort of bent the country. I mean, you can you can say it's roots music, it's country western music, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. Um, depending, you know, the the banjos and the the strings, the violins, and and right. all of that. That that's something. Would you ever be? Would you ever want to be in a band like that? Um. I mean, it hasn't come to my attention like, oh, you know, I, I definitely want to start a bluegrass band, mm-hmm. although I do enjoy the music. But, um, I, and I think part of the reason I got into rockabilly and, and swing and stuff like that is because it's such a fun, you know, when when people go to see a rockabilly band or a swing band, they most often will be dancing. So yes. that's, that's, and they want to have fun when they go out there. That's yeah, kind of what that music is all about. Yeah. And, and it's kind of weird when you're playing a show and everyone's sitting down and. Yeah. They're, they're all looking at you when you're playing like this upbeat music. Yeah, well, that um, that that kind of speaks to the question though about Frederick. Like, do you, when you play, do you do you draw a lot? Do you get good crowds that want to come out and dance and things? Well, when the chaperones play on the street um, in that's the summertime, right. that's right. We, yeah. you know, it, it's it's in my opinion better than playing a venue sometimes because you guys you know, get a crowd. A venue too. can hold fifty people, whereas the street can hold you know yeah hundred and fifty or so. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially on the holidays. That's a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up because I would have forgotten. I've seen I've seen you guys play out on the street. How how do you even wind up being allowed to do that? Do you go through the city for that? Um, there's certain uh, channels we do have to go through. Um, it, it can be a bit complicated sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but we've been doing it long enough where it's it's not something that we need to stress out about. Um, last year they did have a. a one issue with trying to get it scheduled, but we were able to work past it. Um, so they just allow you to go and plug in and play? Yeah, I mean, you'll see people on the street sometimes in that spot yeah. playing, mm-hmm. um, but as far as what we've done, no one else is really doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's nice, I mean, and, and we have guests come up sometimes uh-huh. and, and play, and and uh, and that's fun to do. The, is um, that a paying gig? No, that, no, okay, that, that's, so that's completely you just tips with tips, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Okay. And is that kind of the majority of the stuff that you play, a lot of tip jar stuff? Um, well, it depends. I mean, uh, if we travel, we, we get paid, and mm-hmm. a lot of gigs in, in the area are paid. That's um, good. That's I good. think the street is the only gig that we do mm-hmm. that we don't get yeah. any pay. Um, but that's great exposure. Too. Yeah, no, it, yeah. It's, it's that's worth it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, as far as pay, I mean, you can make okay money, but it's nothing it's yeah. too spectacular. Um, 2017 is, is pretty much over. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two, about two weeks left. So I, I want to ask you this, this, uh, this podcast is going to publish before the end of the year. What do you hope happens in 2018? What, what are your, some of your goals and, and things you have planned? Well, um, actually the chaperones have also started to try and record. Okay. Um, that was a couple weeks ago. We went into uh, a studio for the first time. So which studio? Uh, well, Phil, our guitar player, has his own um, in his basement. So he okay. he's able to record us, and uh, he has a lot of the necessary equipment to get a decent a record out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're trying with that, and hopefully the Rockasonics will have a record out, either a forty-five or a long player. Um, in 2018. Okay. Um, no promises, though. Yeah, I, I, we're we're hope we're hopeful, though. Um, 
That I I mean, that's, like I said, our, our big dream would be to go out to California and yeah. record in this guy's studio, who, yeah. who we're, we're all big fans of. But mm-hmm. until that happens, we're, we have to look at other channels and and and, and certainly Vinylux out in uh, Indian Head, Maryland, is a good resource because mm-hmm. they're well known throughout that community. Do you ever think I, I've I've heard people say this about themselves before, and especially you with the music that you play and that you've fallen in love with? Do Do you ever Think about, gosh, I I was born in the wrong decade. Well, I've <laughs> certainly heard that a number of times. Is um, that something you believe, though? Oh well, I mean, I believe if I was living in the fifties, it would. I mean, during the time period where that music was popular, mm-hmm. I mean, it, no question about it, I'd be you know go, driving to Memphis to lay uh-huh. a record down with Sam Phillips, and, uh-huh. and and you know, I there's no question in my mind it would yeah. be fantastic to experience and see elvis live in person yeah jerry lee lewis live in person in their heyday i mean just to think about it is so you just it's uh it's a bad time to be alive well (laughs) well i mean to that point i mean it would have been cool to see them but there's Mm -hmm. also a lot of new new artists that do this music justice and Mm -hmm. they've done really well yeah um and they create a really good music so you know, I listen to a lot of the old stuff, but there's also a lot of new artists that, and every day, you know, we're seeing new artists that uh, here and overseas that mm-hmm. create this kind of music, and and they love it. And you know, if if I was born, then I might not be around to see that that come That's to fruition true. today. So, That's it's true. a good melting pot of you know everything that you can. Yeah. Find. Have you been to Memphis? No, I haven't. Okay. That's that's on the list. You but, really, uh, you really should go. Uh, yeah. Sun Records, especially. I've been there, uh, and I've even been to Graceland too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you'd really love it. Yeah. No, uh, I'm sure I would. I uh, I went to California for the first time this year, mm-hmm. and Vegas. So so that's going to be on the list, and and Austin, and yeah, a couple, uh, yeah. couple more, you know, music prone cities so. yeah austin texas is a, is a really really great city as well yeah um so uh we we always wind these things down by talking about what's up next uh, if you have any shows you want to plug that are coming up um, in the yeah DC sure area. so probably not the show we have coming up here soon um because it's in great falls virginia so i don't know how many people well, that's that okay. Way. We're we're at in great. So it's it's called Calvin Run Dance Hall. Okay. Um, this is a swing dance. This tomorrow, tomorrow night. Okay. This um, is uh, this would be Friday the fifteenth. Yeah, with um, got a swing. They're a, a DC organization that uh, produces. They okay. put on swing swing bands. Okay. Um, and so that's tomorrow night. Um, we've got a couple things coming up in January. Uh, let's see here. Anything close? Um, yeah, so the the Rock of Sonics are playing at Barley and Hops. Oh, on great. January tenth. That's a Wednesday night. Perfect. Okay. Um, full band. Yes, full, full band. band. Uh huh. They're well, gonna let you turn up in Barley and Hops. I didn't think they had full bands. In they there. do every uh, once in a while. Okay. Um, they, they, I think that's new for them, starting to incorporate music. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that's gonna be inside on Wednesday. Um, I believe it starts at six or seven, probably seven. Okay. Um, so that's close. And uh, the chaperones every year in January through May we do shows at the Beans once a month. Okay. Um, so the chaperones will be there on January twentieth. Okay. At Beans in the Belfry. Um, there is a Buddy Hol- the bu- annual Buddy Holly yeah. show we do every year is in February. Um, it's on a Sunday this year. Trying to f- figure out what the 
Yeah, the date would be on. Oh, that's not right. February. Yeah, so the date is on. Well, actually, I'm sorry, I don't want to make the wrong. No, that's it. That's okay. Well, where where is it? Um, it's at Bethesda Blues and oh, Jazz. Oh, no Super kidding! Club. Yeah. 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 Um, so that would be on February. It's a Sunday. I know it's okay. a Sunday. Sunday um, in I, February, Bethesda Blues and Jazz. Right. I don't even know yeah. if they've posted the date yet. Okay. Um, but it is in February on a Sunday. That's um, that's uh, that narrows it down a little. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure it's on Bethesda Blues and Jazz website. Yeah. Um, now. But, and speaking of websites, so how can people find you online? Like on Facebook? Do the Rockasonics the have? The Sonics okay. do have a Facebook. Um, okay. It's rock-a-sonics. Some people are – we've had, you know, the Rocket Sonics, the Sonics <laughs> a lot of different, you know, pr- pronunciations. But it's the Rockasonics. They're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chaperones have a website. Um, it's my name, willieberry.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all have all the upcoming shows on that website for that group. Okay, that's spelled B A R R Y. People should yep. know. Yeah. Okay. W I L L I E B A R R Y dot com. Okay. Um, and then just the Rockasonics just have a, a Facebook page for now. So. Okay, so we also play a song at the end of the at the end of the episode, which I'll edit in later. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you sent it over before we started. It's a live version, right, of mm-hmm. something. What 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 are we gonna hear? So that I think it's our third time. This is actually at Bethesda. Bethesda Blues and Jazz. Okay. At the Buddy Holly tribute show. Cool. Okay. Um, it's a song called Blue Days, Black Nights. Um, and uh, it's just a live take that we were doing during our performance that year. The Rockasonics. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Cool. Good deal. So, everybody, we can look forward to that. Whenever you guys get your record recorded, let me know. Well, we'd love to review it. Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll be, be sure to contact you. Yeah, it'll, it'll be great. Um, and again, uh, good luck with everything, too. This is, this is the type of music I, I don't think there's enough people around here who understand that this exists. Mm-hmm. That it, that, uh, it, and it's definitely worth checking out. You guys are great at it. And I just, I, I'm hoping that, you know, if we can all just kind of come together from these different corners of the musical landscape mm-hmm. around Frederick. I think so. Great. I mean, good music is good music if you, you yeah. know, you have your own opinions about what you like and what you don't like. But, you know, as long as you're doing what you, you what you love, it's, you know, it's worth it. So, and there will always be people to support each genre. Yeah. Genre, but. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Which is great. And Frederick's a great town for support too. Yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> Um, but Willie, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Colin. It's re- nice being here. Yeah, I, r- I really appreciate it. We'll have you back again sometime soon when, when the records and we'll play a song off that. How's Sounds that sound? good. All Sounds right. good to me. Thank you, Willie. All right, thanks, Colin. Thank you.
Black Nine.